Hello, this is Michael from the Michael Papinchak Show. First, I want to thank you guys for listening and for all of your support. Please go to my website, tmpspodcast.com. You will see the pictures for Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud. Please click, like, share, subscribe, hit the bell, all of that good stuff. TMPS 123 is a show that we've been working on for a while. Jason, uh, our buddy Chris, and myself have been putting together uh, the lists of our top 10 favorite or best American bands. And we have some great lists for you. Um, Unfortunately, something happened with my setup, and it did not record us using the microphones. I believe it recorded us using the microphone on my computer. And with Jason and, and Chris not near the computer, the sound is not phenomenal. But it is a really good show. Please listen anyway. Uh, And again, I'll try to avoid this in the future, obviously, but it is a really good show. Chris is super knowledgeable about rock and roll and rock and roll bands and rock and roll history, and his list is very unique. Jason and I also have fantastic lists. So again, thank you so much for listening, and I apologize for the poor quality of TMPS 123. You're listening to the Michael Papinchak Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to TMPS 123, a special show. We have Jason in the studio, and last week we had Chris on the show, but now we have Chris, but a different Chris on the show. And we are going to be talking about the greatest American bands of all time. Now, Chris, that microphone actually goes like that. I talk into mine here, but you're going to talk into it. So, yeah. This right here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. know. It's different. Yep. I'm actually thinking about getting this mic for all for all of oh, them. Oh, really? Yeah, just, just updating all of them, oh, too, because this is like the studio microphone of all studio microphones, the S, the Shure SMB, or the Shure, oh, my God, I just forgot what it's called. I think it's underneath there. SM7B. There it is. Okay. I think Rogan uses them. I'm trying to be like Joe Rogan. Naturally. Naturally. Oh, that's a great song. Well, they're from England, though. Mr. Fletcher passed away yesterday. Yeah. Wait, who passed away? Keyboardist for Depeche Mode. Yeah. Oh. So I, I gave a little. How old was he? Sixties. Oh, and 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 Ray. and Ray Liotta. Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Yeah, 67. What the heck? That's crazy. What's going on here? Well, thanks for having me back. It's been a while since I was Yes, here. yes. Uh, we, we've been waiting to do this one for a while. Yeah, so we've been talking about doing this show for quite some time. Uh, Jason and I were out at Sensi's one night, and I don't know how it came up. We were talking about the great... So you always hear about like, the greatest bands of all time. It's the Beatles and the Stones. And it's like, well, it's always these, these, in, these like British bands, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, what's the greatest American band? You know, and and so it's so we thought we got to do this show now, Chris. You have a, uh, I believe a, uh, like kind of like a rock and roll journalistic background. Is this correct? Correct. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that before we get into our list. Sure. So I guess it was when I was in college, right? So I went for broadcast journalism, but my interest really isn't in sports, which everybody there was, right? Everybody wanted to work at the paper, report on the games and stuff. And I was like, well, what if I interview rock stars, right? So I started a radio show. and uh, You started a radio show? Yeah, so up there, like, you could have 
like a half hour radio show. You play your your songs, and whatnot. Okay. Um, but I would start going to concerts, and I would get to know different promoters. Yeah. And then I would say, hey, I have a radio show, or I have a blog online, and I would get to know people. And then they would say, you know, you can you know apply for a press pass, try and get an interview with the artist. Okay. So one of the first people I interviewed was Air Supply. Oh, right. At Rivers Casino, right? I wasn't old enough to gamble, but I was in there interviewing the band. So if you go on YouTube, I think my video with them has like close to 100,000 hits. Really? So 10 years ago, right? But yeah. we go down and once I got like one big name like them, then that's how I got like Ted Nugent, I got the Bangles, I got Samantha Fox, like all uh-huh. these artists, right, from the 80s. And it was really cool. Okay. And that's how I met Eddie Murphy. First off, Kona is looking lovingly <laughs> into Chris's eyes. <laughs> Look at her. Oh. <laughs> this is why. Exist. Yeah, this is why this show needs to be videotaped. One day I'm gonna have a, a video. A, yeah. yeah, because Kona is really like a person. hysterical, sitting here like a person, staring into Chris's eyes so <laughs> lovingly. Uh, but anyway, so you. Sorry, I, I interrupted, sure. but you did bring up Eddie Money, right? Which you kind of had a uh, friendship, I right. guess. Yeah, we definitely. Um, you know, first started off me just interviewing him. Uh, through a promoter, and then Eddie liked my work. Like, they would actually send artists uh, my work through okay. the program, um, press managers and whatnot, just like the band Hart. I had a press pass anytime I wanted because they sent the sisters and Nancy Wilson my review of their show, and they're like, Chris can come anytime he wants. Wow. So Unwritten pass anytime I want. Same with Eddie. Eddie thought enough of my work that he put it on, and he would promote it on his own site. So okay. he's like, oh, you're the rock and roll kid. Yeah, come on back, Chris. You know, <laughs> I got to go to his tour bus, hang out with him. Oh, my God. And I would never, like, I would always buy a ticket, but he would always upgrade me. He's like, oh, I got you tickets. How many you need? You need two? <laughs> you know, you're just a cool dude, man, you know? And we'd have dinner together, like, with the band. So the band's in between sets, because they would usually do two shows, right? Okay. Like, early evening and then a late night show, depending on where they would play on the venue. And the one time there was an extra plate of food, and he goes, "Hey, Chris, you hungry? I have a plate of food." Yeah, because yeah, he's from Brooklyn. He's got yeah. a deep raspy yeah. voice, you know, because he smoked forever. Yeah. Um, but Eddie was really cool, man. Like, you know, it's so weird because these performers, they rely on their voices for. <laughs> they all smoke. Yeah. And do drugs and drink. I mean, I think the the greatest example is uh, Aerosmith. Yeah. His voice, when he now he can still sing. Well, you compare, um, what's their famous song? Oh, Dream On. Dream On. That voice, compared to now, is totally different. And it just takes cigarettes, drugs, and alcohol to wear a voice down. I mean, hey, Elton John, uh, he did so much drugs that he he had to have surgery. He went from a tenor to a baritone. So if you listen to Elton John in his heyday... Um, and you listen to him now, a lot of the songs are taken down a third, or like a minor sure. third. So like yeah. in like opera, right? Um, there's something called like German lead, like German song. And the songs can be really sung by anyone. And, you know, you know, they're kind of just these like, they were meant to be played like in a parlor, in like a house with a piano and everything. And so like the, you know, you have the like key for like the like tenor and then like the key for the baritones, a minor third lower. So, you know, you listen to Elton John now, they're all down a minor third because he can't hit those notes anymore because he screwed up his voice with the drugs. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't take much. I mean, the, the the voice is pretty resilient, but, I mean, enough cocaine and 
you know. But. It, yeah, it's uh, so this is really this. Well, obviously, we wanted you to be on the show Thank since you yeah. really have a, a, a kind of a much more intimate relationship with this subject with right. with with bands in general. One of my best stories, two good stories, right? So when I did my radio show, bands that weren't touring locally, I would have them call into the station. Sure. And the professors couldn't figure out how I was getting all these guys because they like grew up with these bands, right? They weren't in their heyday now, but like um, like John Parr or the band Warren. So I had um, Eric Turner from the band Warren, who co-founded the band. I had him call in and we did it live. So I didn't do it to tape or anything like okay. that. And I'm in the studio doing it myself. And Eric... He, we're talking about something. He uses the F bomb. He goes, "Fuck, we're live there." And I'm like, "Shit!" <laughs> now, luckily, it's a college radio, awesome. yeah. And nobody was really listening, yeah. But we could have been fined like ten grand or something had yeah. somebody filed a report, yeah. Um, and then another time, I had this band, uh, Ice House. They're from Australia. Okay. They had a, a one big hit here in the U.S. that they wrote with uh, John Oates, right? Oh, okay, yeah. So. They were in Australia, and I had him call uh, Edinburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. It was a different day because of the time zone. It was oh. like 23 hours different. Sure. Right? And I was, was so yeah. cool. Somebody on the other side of the world. Yeah. Well, they're huge in Australia. Oh, yeah. They're like Crocodile Dundee down yeah. there, right? Here, <laughs> wonder, but you call cool. that a knife? <laughs> yeah. This is a knife. So it was cool like that because you know I would get these people calling. They were just happy to kind of talk and yeah, like re-expose themselves to a different area, a different region, mm-hmm. again, you know. So it, I learned a lot from those guys. Yeah, you know, I've always been interested in uh, radio, yeah. and uh, when I was in college, we you know we had our college radio station, oh. and I just never. It was something that I always wanted to do, but I was always in like productions. I was always my evenings were spent rehearsing and. This and that, and it's like there just wasn't enough, like weren't enough like hours in the day. Yeah, because that would be the best place to start. You just have a college radio show. I mean, you it's, just learn. Yeah, it's free. You yeah, go in and here's a half hour. Do what you want. Exactly. Don't fuck on air. And yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And uh, I kind of look back and wish I would have uh, taken advantage of that. But again, people say, "Oh, you live in New York City. You know, I used to be a jazz drummer. Like, why didn't you play jazz?" And I'm like, "Because I'm trying to be an opera singer." Yeah. There's only so many hours in the day. Plus, I'm getting a master's in opera. That guy's getting a master's in jazz drumming. He kind of has one up on me. I mean, I'm a pretty decent drummer, but I, I'm nowhere near to have the technical ability because these guys are literally studying this. Plus, I don't have time. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I mean, and like, what? Where am I going to get a drum set? And I mean, like, I have an apartment in Manhattan. Like, how, how am I going to practice? Like, you know what I mean? It just didn't make any sense. One of my favorite stories about a drummer that walked away from a band was Chevy Chase. So, again, I was in college. I'm reading all these stories about different bands and whatnot. He was the drummer for Steely Dan. And he goes, you know what, guys? I don't think we're good enough. And he walked away, and then he became Chevy Chase Saturday Night Live. But isn't that crazy? Like, different people that were involved in something in the beginning, and then they're still Wait famous. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's start. Yeah. Chevy Chase. Yeah. Was a drummer for Steely Dan. For Steely Dan. Before they were Steely Dan. So, like, sure. they were still putting the band together. He came in and... I don't even know that he played the drums. Yeah, but kind of like your case, right? Like, so yeah. He was, he was good, but he knew he wasn't good enough compared to people that were coming in that yeah. could you know, take them to the next Well, level. you know, I was at a point in uh, high school where I could have been a jazz drummer or an opera singer. And I couldn't do both. I couldn't major in both. And I kind of had a pick. Mm-hmm. And I chose my college... Oh, my sister is blowing up my phone. 
it you know no one texts me all day and then I'm, I'm trying to do this show and it's just okay i put it on silent not vibrate it's vibrating over here and uh so i went to a college that had a conservatory of music for opera for jazz and had a liberal arts college so if i didn't like opera i could switch to jazz and if I didn't want to major in music at all, I could just go to the regular. I could just still get a degree in yeah. history or or something. Where if you go to like a Juilliard, you don't want to do music anymore. You have to go. You have to apply to a to a whole new college. You have to start over. Yeah. And I and I knew I would have to get a master's degree. And I thought I'll go to a Juilliard type school for the masters. But for my undergrad, like I wanted to be like in a frat. Like I wanted like a real college experience. Yeah. Juilliard is not a real college experience. It's, I mean, you're around phenomenal musicians. You're in New York City. The Metropolitan Opera is across the street. You know, your teacher probably plays in the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra or the New York Symphony or something. And it's a really cool experience if you're, if literally the only thing you could ever do is play violin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your whole life is dedicated to it. Yeah. And, it, and since you've been three years old, that's all you've been doing. Yeah. I like to, I wanted to have kind of Options. a... Uh, yes, I like options, and I wanted to have a college experience with a campus and a quad and a fraternity, and yeah. uh, you know, like the like, like the toga parties. And uh, I mean, I saw I saw like mud wrestling. These girls were in the basement of a frat in a, in a kiddie pool. Like I wanted, I wanted all that. Okay. I, uh, all right, we're getting off. Yeah, we're getting way off topic here. Kiddie pools and mud yeah, but you know, I wanted that whole thing. So yeah. okay, so like I said, this is a special edition of TMPS. Uh, this is um, our picks for the greatest American bands. Now we're we're kind of we kind of set some parameters here, um, and Jason mentioned a band before we started that I didn't include because one of the members is from England. So it so basically we're talking about bands here, right? Not like Prince. Prince is not a band. Prince is a artist, yeah, yeah, solo. solo artist. Yeah. We're talking about groups, okay? Yeah. And so, so, so we excluded like Bruce Springsteen and the E Street. Band. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that doesn't count. No, no, because when I people think of Bruce Springsteen, you think of Bruce Springsteen. Exactly. Bob exactly. Seger, same thing. Yeah. Um, and then like Fleetwood Mac doesn't count. No, because Fleetwood Mac really is a British band that just happened to include later. Yeah, they absorbed some Americans. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and like so for for some inspiration, I I googled. Um, so we all kept, kind of came to the list on our own. Right? Yes. So we haven't discussed this prior. No. So, you know, for me, my list is just more like the bands that pop to mind that have the most influence. To me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it has nothing to do with record sales or yeah. anything like that. It's just more <coughs> what speaks to me. Yeah. So I, and I don't know if that's similar to yeah. you, what you guys did. Yeah. But I, I, I Googled the... Best American bands of all time, thinking I'd find like a Rolling Stone list or something. But there really aren't that many official. I, I, I assumed Rolling Stone might have had their official Countdown, list, yeah. but I could not find one from them. But um, we, we we spoke. We we're thinking about doing some honorable mentions. At the yeah. End. Well, yeah, yeah because the band that Jason has included that has a British member, I would have included. But I thought because of that, yeah, they were not going. But again, you know, guys, this is a. This is fun. This, it, is, it is, this yeah. is a good time. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about some bands. Have some sausage. Okay. So, um, so who wants to go first? We're going to go 10 to 1. Okay, so my number 10 is the Grateful Dead. 
Oh my goodness. And wow. now I am not a connoisseur of their music, um, but the Grateful Dead I feel deserves a top ten because of just the fact that, like, they literally have been touring, you know, <laughs> li- literally, <laughs> yeah, like even without Jerry Garcia, right, yeah. they have maintained this. I mean, they've only had one hit. Yeah, they were one hit. Yeah, Touch of Grey yeah. is their and one of my favorite songs of all time, but it is their only hit. But they don't need hits because they're they're the Grateful Dead. Well, they have like a call. They have this Kona. Take a chill. Yeah, she, she's yeah. Like really into it. You know, I gotta get. It's a food that kind of made her. Yeah, bit, you know? yeah. Are we good here? Oh, I was getting my water. Oh, okay. We should maybe put a bed here. You know what I. Maybe, Maybe I should get one. I'll get a small one for there. Buy something. No, actually, you know, I have one. I have one in the basement oh, that I could put there. She really needs a lot of love. Yeah, but so for me, I feel like when I think of great bands, you know, a band that literally could only have one hit, but when they tour, they're just and they're a band that you can they're they're a live band. You can record them. I think. Yeah. Like you, like mm-hmm. when you go, it's like a sea of microphone antenna thing like you know what i mean and it yeah. they're really a band that can tour for the forever like literally their yes. children could become the grateful dead and still tour people yeah. are still gonna go yeah. and that really they just have this incredible presence in american rock and roll history and live performing history that uh i just feel wow. is like almost unparalleled yeah you know for a band that is not a hit machine. There, it's not like a, you know what I mean. It's not like Coldplay or something that just has hit after hit after hit, one hit, and it's it's their most poppy song. I mean, it, I mean, there's a reason why it was their only hit. It's like like it's like a regular tune where you know, oh, you know, sorry, I just thought of a band. Very similar That's to what happens. You start yeah. these other bands, and like other ones come. Back. I know. I just, I just thought of another band. Okay, so that's my uh, number ten. Okay. Next, right. next. You want me to go? Yeah. Pearl Jam. Ooh. Oh, Pearl Jam. Yeah, I'm a big Pearl Jam fan. Yeah. And I, I've actually been listening to them more recently than in their heyday. Yeah. And, you know, um, a lot of these, they, they reached like an older crowd, mm-hmm. which was really interesting because, you know, the whole grunge thing was about reaching these like te- young, you know, impressionable people, right? Yeah. But like, guys like, you know, like Letterman and stuff, they're like big Pearl Jam fans. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of, maybe I'm missing something. I've never been that big of a fan of them. Yeah. That's why they didn't make my list. I, I understand yeah. their yeah. influence, but yeah. I was trying to consider what I also like. Yeah. A little bit of both. I was trying to balance both. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. They, I actually altered my list, but I, I, I put 10 bands. Yeah. I put 11, or actually 12. Yeah. In no particular <laughs> order. Yeah. And then I'm kind of on the fly here. I'm, I'm ranking them. Yeah. Um, yeah. They only moved one spot. But yeah, that, that's my number 10. I'm okay. Just, I'm a fan. Like, they don't really have any bad... They're a band that I can listen to, like, their whole album. Oh, yes. That's, yeah. That's, yes. that's sort of like a... a yeah, the te- like the eye test. The, yeah. The, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I wouldn't be like, oh, i got to skip four tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the first two listen. are good and then the last one. Yeah. 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 Like, all their songs are, like, really good. 
Yeah. Okay. The 90s music is underrated. It got overshadowed by... It's overshadowed, yeah. 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 It's, it's, some of it's really good. Yeah. Okay, okay. Chris? All right, so how I went about my list, I try to be objective about it. Right? Okay. So I had four things I was looking for. If the band was innovative, if they had original material, so if they wrote their own stuff, were their own producers, so okay. know, that carried some weight. Their influence on other bands, and then the longevity. So like, to your point... You're a Grateful Dead had longevity. Yeah. You know, so that was huge. Yeah. So I think you're going to be surprised. Okay. By my well, well, that's why you're on the show. Yeah. So we're expecting some n- kind n- of Number curveball. 10 is the Go-Go's. The Go-Go's? Oh, From the top row. I didn't so, even consider the now, Go-Go's. Here's think about this, right? So at the time, the Go-Go's broke big, right? 1981, 1982. I love the Go-Go's. So Our lips are sealed. They hold this. <laughs> that's the name of the show. <laughs> Our lips are sealed. <laughs> TMPS, our lips so, are sealed. Well, think about this, all right? And this hasn't been achieved to date, all right? They're the only female band to play all their instruments, write their own songs, and have a number one record right out of the gate. They went number one for six consecutive weeks. No one has done that since. Not wow. female, right? So you would have, like, Pat Benatar, she didn't really write her hits. You know, yeah. Madonna didn't write mm-hmm. her hits. So you have female artists that have, you know, bigger success than the Go-Go's, but they're unique in the fact that they did everything themselves. Yeah. And they went number one. I mean, right out of the gate. Yeah. They were huge. And they kind of brought that um, that new wave sound to the 80s. I mean, right in the beginning, because you had disco, you had, you know, hair metal in the 80s, but they were kind of unique in that sound, right? They wow. Yeah. That new wave. So the Go-Go's. They were innovative, See? original material, He's influence. A, the only thing they lacked was longevity. Yeah. They got two good records out. The third one started to fall. Yeah. And then you had Belinda Carlisle, who went, became successful. Yeah. So you did have some longevity there. But I love the Go Go's. I just thought wow. they were something unique in music wow. history because they got the, they influenced women, you know, different artists to come into the 80s, start writing their own material that they didn't need to have a songwriter. Yeah. You know, write a song yeah. to be successful. So for me, that was kind of like a, a watershed or a turning point, I should say. For, for music. Wow. For See? The Go-Go's. Didn't Go-Go's. even make my... Didn't e- wasn't even on my radar. Well, I had to write a paper on them in high school, so that's oh. always been in the back of my All mind. right. They're essentially post Wow. Right? Wow. So, yeah. I love that. I don't think I can recover. I, I think... I think <laughs> well, wait for number nine. Oh, oh guys, wow. I think we're going to end right there. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> okay. All right, Mike, you're up. My number nine is the Eagles. Oh. The Eagles. Kind of a similar, wow. kind of a similar thing to uh, the Grateful wow. Dead, even though they had more hits, kind of more mainstream. And you know, even though, like, so my favorite thing about the Eagles is they were okay. First off, they were Linda um, Rodstad. Rod, they were her band, right? Like Glenn Frey and Don Henley backup. Yeah. And they were like, "Hey, we're gonna go on tour, and you're my band." And then they were like, "No, we're gonna have our own band called yeah. the Eagles." So kind of like the band. You know, the Bob Dylan's band, who I did not include because they're mostly Canadian. Yeah. Um, we should have called them the North American. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> this should be a North American list because the band... We're allowed to change the rules on the I guess we are, yeah. This isn't like some, you know, yeah. official thing. But uh, the Eagles, I just think... Um, I mean, Hotel California alone, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, like... Uh, that 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 double guitar solo, oh, just yeah. I mean, literally unbelievable. And I just think the Eagles are just one of those bands that uh, they were a backup band, and they became their own band. Then they disappeared. Then they came back. Like their music, just like 
Yeah. It basically their music started classic rock. Yeah. On like radio. I, I'm actually surprised it's that low on your list. Yeah, it's well, on my list as well. But yeah, well, I I have a I have a a couple. Well, it, it yeah, I, that's where I think they they they. Wow, were. I agree yeah. with Eagles because they were really the, uh, a super group because mm-hmm. everyone yeah. in that band played somewhere else. Like yes. Joe Walsh. Yeah. But they yes. always kind of came back to the yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like they they all had experience, and when they got together as the Eagles, they just took off. Yes. They had so much backup coming yes. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the Eagles, number nine. Definitely agree. Not the position, but the okay. Top wow. Okay. Wow. All right, Jay. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Oh. Van Halen. <laughs> yeah. Van Halen has to be on the list just because of two things. Showmanship. Yes. And Eddie. Yes. Yeah. Simple as that. Yep. Probably maybe the greatest guitarist of all time. Yeah. Top three. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's in the top three. Yeah. So, you know... That's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, when Eddie passed, like, people were really, in the music world, were really shook up. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, well, we, another one died. No. He's the guy. guy. No, I mean, Eddie Van Halen is. He's the guy. He's the pick of destiny. Right. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had to be on the list. I didn't know where to put them. Yeah. I originally had them at 10. Okay. But Eddie pushed them. Yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Endearing. The downfall a little bit. Well, a little bit of the downfall, but it's kind of endearing that they did. It's music. Yeah, they were rock and roll. They were rock and roll. Yeah. So and they matured I, too. They right? matured. Yeah. Um, but they they've kind of hung around a little. You know, mm-hmm. I saw them with uh, Sam and Dave. Yeah, Dave was terrible. He lost his voice. Dave, <laughs> Dave, it Sammy's was, good though. I was, you know, Eddie and Wolfgang. I saw, and I was like, okay, that it's a. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm happy with my. I saw him and I checked the box. Yeah. So that, that's where I'm. Uh, <clears throat> All right, number nine. Number nine. All right, so I'm going back to the '60s. Okay. I'm going with the Ronettes. You, your list. Wow. I, I can't even so, handle this list. So think about this. Jeez. Be my baby. All right. Great song. So Brian Wilson supposedly listened I'm to embarrassed. that songs. A thousand times. That influenced him to become, like, get serious about music. Yeah. Like, he was driving, he heard the song come on the radio, he pulled off the side of the road, listened to it, and just was obsessed with that song. Yeah. So, wow. influence to the Beach Boys. Wow. Think of how many people sampled that song. Billy Joel, Eddie Money, Poison. Um, it's still sampled today. And I read the BMI estimates that that song has been played on radio and TV 3.9 million times. So that's Whoa. 17 years consecutive back-to-back plays. Wow. It's that influential, right? Now, they didn't really have a huge catalog of music. They had that big hit. Uh, but Phil Spector produced wow. that. He went on to work with George Harrison. So he created that wall of sound. And the Beatles were influenced by that song. So it was wow. basically that song is why I put them on that list. Because Holy shit. Was, right? Wow. So, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. That's incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. So you you hit it off with two girl groups. I did. I did. I, mean, I don't. I don't have one girl on my Again, list. Again, I'm so <laughs> right? 
Well, Chris is here to balance our ass out. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, mine's, my list is a big sausage party. <laughs> I was looking for the babes. Come yeah. On. But wow. I, was like, I was like Ronnie, too, because she wow. didn't do that with Eddie Money. Right? So that's wow. how she came cool. back again. That's um, incredible. You know, so, yeah. Um, yeah. We're going back to the 1960s here on the Top 40 with Casey Kasem. I've always wanted to be able to do his voice and do like a Casey Kasem thing. I, I just, I love that stuff. Yeah. All right. Okay. So my number eight, my number eight, we're at, do the Ronettes. I can't, I, that's just your Go-Go's and Ronettes. I, I can't believe it. I'm blown away. I can't believe it. Okay. So this is, this is kind of a, a, not only a great band, but also kind of like a personal favorite. It was a band that my dad, like my, so my family's very musical. As far as like instruments and stuff, my mom, singer songwriter, I'm a guitar player, taught us how to sing and everything. My dad didn't have musical talent, but he loved music. And a band that he used to play for us all the time we were kids, like in the car, was the Doobie Brothers. Oh yeah. And I I needed them on my list, uh, whether wherever, wherever, just because. I mean, and now you have two Doobie Brothers. You do. You got the original Doobs. Blackwater. And then you got. Uh, the Michael uh, McDonald taking it to the street. Exactly. <laughs> so, I kind of felt like not only not only were, were they a great band uh, that kind of had two different uh, incarnations or whatever, uh, longevity, you know, yeah. great music. And uh, also a personal kind of favorite of yeah. mine. Well, that's a sentimental. That was an yeah. early, you know, like when I, I mean, we used to sing. Blackwater. I mean, that's a great song. And you know what he told me? So back when he was younger, they would hear it on AM radio, right? Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, there's like like it um, chimes or something. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And he said he never heard those until it came out on like on CD because because it didn't it didn't pick up over the AM radio. And he goes so like there were parts of that song that on the radio you really couldn't, it didn't translate. It didn't come through right. Wow. And then when he later in life, he, you know, has kids. Now he has the CD and it's like a whole new, new experience. But we used to sing that when I was kids, that there's the, there's the three of us. We would sing like the harmony. Oh, Blackwater, keep on. I mean, like it was kind of a, it's a cool song. It's, like right? it's very moody too. Yeah. That's like an anthem. Yeah. Yes. And so that band I needed to put in there just kind of, of a, kind of like a personal, Personal thing. What's cool with the Doobies is um, they're guitarist. I only know his nickname. It was Skunk. Okay. So that's how I remember it. But he did uh, session work for Donna Summer. So okay. All her guitar solos was that was Skunk doing it. Oh wow. And he's a super smart guy. If you research him, he has uh, like he's an engineer. Mm-hmm. And he did work with the government. Like he has contracts, like security clearances and whatnot. Like he he's come. Up with like different technologies and things like he's a really smart guy oh wow he started like building his own equipment and he's like you know i'm smart he went to school and then he went and got government contracts so he had like a whole second career outside of the doobie brothers so that, that's a cool band like, wow you actually read their history that's really cool yeah wow. smart dudes all right so jason number eight metallica yes Ooh. i like that metallica you know never been Growing up, I was never a Metallica, I guess you can say fan. Yeah. But everybody knew their songs. Yes. Yes. And then I saw them live a few years ago. Center stage, spun, changed my whole perception of Metallica. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. Just 
Like, remember the other night we were at Willie's and I was like, are you a Metallica fan? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the, the, like, the, uh, the bartender had a Metallica, Metallica shirt. I'm like, yeah. Metallica, you know, yeah. just, yeah, they were really, like, for a rock band, like, heavy, heavy metal. Yeah. You know, them and Megadeth are really, yeah. Pantera, their sound is so clear. Yeah. Um, I thought it was impressive because so, cause heavy metal can just be a lot of like screaming, clashing. Yeah, it's not. So they're they're on my list. Okay. The, the 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 middle of my list are three bands that basically invented their genre. Yeah. And that's why. That's it. Yeah. Metallica they're is a founding. Father. They they basically invented a genre. Right. Of now there were other bands. Sure. Like just like Pearl Jam and there's other sure. grunge, you know, Seattle bands, obviously. But when you think about that genre, yeah, it's it's Metallica. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. So when we get to my, I don't have to say it again, but that's no, I'm yeah, glad that, yes. that I'm not alone. Yes. And that they're on. They're on. The yeah. List. They're not Thronettes, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the Goats. Imagine they open for that. Be my <laughs> okay. And here is uh. A new hit from Metallica covering the Ronettes. Yeah. Be my little baby. <laughs> Next, a 101.1 FM. All right, number eight for Chris. So I broke a rule with number eight. Okay. All right, so I did one of those hybrid bands. Okay. So I did the Heartbreakers. Okay. Okay. But I justified it as, I mean, when I say the Heartbreakers, you got, I'm sure something came to your mind. Where if I said Silver Bullet Band, maybe not everyone's going to identify that. But like, yeah. the Heartbreakers, I felt, were big enough. You know, I, I could say Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Okay. So, yeah. And the reason why is, so there's a few things with, with Petty, right? There, was, he was an honorable mention. Yeah. Yes. And then I, I was like, you know what? I, I got to put him on the list. Yeah. So yeah. Everyone respects him. Yes. Anyone I talk to, yeah. Petty would always come up. Yeah. They always thought he was a great songwriter. He was a good dude. Like, he was a true artist. Right? So I like that. Um, and then he really was innovative in the fact that when he became a big hit on his third album, Damn the Torpedoes, mm -hmm. the uh, record studio wanted to increase the uh, how much they were selling the records for. So it was like four ninety nine to five ninety nine. They called it superstar pricing, and Petty won't allow them to do that. Hmm. He literally would hold his record back, and they oh, I think they got into a lawsuit over it um, because he felt that his fans that they were pricing him out of that market. So he's like, my fans can't afford that. They're, they're kids. Hmm. They got five bucks. You know, you're gonna ch yeah. start charging all this money for my records. You're making the money, not me. Yeah. You know, my fans are important to me. So he literally sued the record label. So he was like a man of the people. He was, yeah. And yeah. He, it was his art was more important than making the money. Wow. So that was a true testament to you know what he cared about. And then he got his own label. So that part yeah. of it was he, he pushed yeah. out Backstreet Records, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Um. So. You know, he, he pushed for that, and then he helped so many other people out, too. I mean, like, throughout music, and he yeah. helped people write songs, and he was just it, like, a down-to-earth guy. The fame didn't get to him. He just loved music. And I like that. You know, like, he was with the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he was good solo. Yeah. Um, so Petty was definitely, for his, like yeah. said, man of the people. Wow. So, Chris, tilt your no. microphone up. It's not, like, nice and straight, straight, straight up and down. Gotcha, like this? Yeah. Okay. All Sounds right. better. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, here we go. We are headed on to number seven. Mine is a part of the bands that kind of uh, created or epitomized their genre, and that is the Ramones. Ooh. 
Like, yeah. I'm not like, I don't have like Ramon t-shirts or albums or anything, but when I think of bands, you know, I mean, you know, you know like you could, listen, you could have a list of just 10 bands from like, like the sixties. I mean, exactly. but I'm yeah. trying, I was trying to, you know, spread over the like decades here. Yeah. You're trying to get a mix. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, um, when you think of a certain genre of music, like the three chord song, like, you know what I mean? It It's the Ramones. And really... My middle three here, five, six, seven, could really be like in any order. Uh, uh, but I think the Ramones should be on the list for their kind of uh, where did they play CBGBs? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, that. Put that on the map. Yeah, yeah, just like that kind of. And you know, if I, I might be mistaken, but I, you know, I feel like that and like grunge and all of that was really kind of this response to like Rush style, complicated. Is that is yeah, that right? It, and they started the whole like, um, it was cool to be at a show with like fifty to one hundred people. Yes, yeah, and, and that was okay. Like you don't have to play in front of hundred thousand people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that, that, you know, like your part, like it's like a niche kind of yeah. thing. Like, yeah, that was like their thing. So that's why I felt like the Ramones needed to be yeah. somewhere that's, on that's a good on, that's on a the, good one on the list. They they made my honorable mention. So. Okay. So you, we're all we're kind of on the same page. Yeah, you know we have a similar list. Yeah. All right, Jay, number seven. Um, my number seven, we we already talked about, so we don't need to. Yeah. Uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young. Yes. Um, they've sold a gazillion records, and yeah. they're all great in their own right. Yeah. Um, they are a little bit of a hybrid, kind of broke a little bit yeah. of the rule, but they're they're originated in in America. Yeah. So yeah. I think that it's okay. Yeah. You know. But you can't ignore their influence. Exactly. I saw them live in New York. It's not that I'm a big... I wouldn't go to their concert, probably. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you... You said you saw them. So when I lived in New York City, obviously, uh, I mean, I I saw David Crosby on the street. Right. And he looked very angry. (laughs) And not approachable with that walrus mustache. And he he was in front of a hotel, so I'm assuming he was waiting for his car or whatever to get the airport or whatever. And I'm walking and I'm like, that's, that's David Crosby. That, yeah. that, that's Crosby Stills Nash Young. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe not, you know, could just be another kind of yeah. guy. And as I'm getting closer. I'm like, that's him. And I'm like, I have to say hello, but he looked so unapproachable <laughs> that I'm like, you know what? He's going to punch me. So I just felt like, you know what? Yeah. I see a lot of celebrities. It's New York city. Um, John Hamm, I crossed the street with Angelica Houston. Wow. And she knew I was like tweaking out over it. Like yeah. she could, she was like kind of like, like smiling because I was, I think I was doing this the whole time. I think as I was crossing the street, I was just looking at her. Like you almost got hit by a bus. Like really, I could have just been yeah. taken out because I literally was like, that's Angelica Houston. What a handsome woman. Her, her and Glenn Close. That's from Family Guy. But anyway, um, uh, but yeah, but uh, and he did. He interrupted one of my. Um, so him and I had the same voice doctor. So there are ENTs that specialize just in the singing voice, yeah. in the, the speaking voice. I mean, they can they they, they look in your nose because it's all connected. But there there's this doctor in New York who basically his office was across the street from the Metropolitan Opera. The walls of his office was like signed, you know, thank you, doctor from you name it, Michael Jackson, a Madonna, like. 
he was I don't I don't know how I got in w- w- with this guy, but he was the doctor, the voice doctor to uh, uh, to the stars. Wow. And I'm in the appointment. I'm sick or something, and there's a knock on the door, and um, his like medical assistant goes, "Excuse me, uh, but you have a phone call. Uh, Mr. Crosby needs to talk to you." And I'm thinking, you know, it's not, but. And the doctor goes, I'm with a patient. And so he closes the door. A couple minutes later, knock on the door, comes back in. Mr. Crosby says that you'll interrupt an appointment for him. And I said, doctor, is that David Crosby? He goes, yeah. I'm like, please, just, I'm, I'm, just take care of it. Like, <laughs> it's okay. You know? And then do you ever watch West Wing? A little oh, bit, great yeah. show. The, the actor Toby, I think his name is Richard Schiff. Yeah. He, yeah. he took my, my, my appointment. I was sitting, I'm in the waiting room. Toby walks in. I guess he was on Broadway or something. I'm like, it's freaking Toby. I love West Wing. <laughs> and then talking to the receptionist, the receptionist goes, I'm, I'm sorry, but Mr. Schiff's going to have to take your um, appointment. I'm like, Toby can do whatever. He can have all my appointments. Like, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. And like, Cindy Lauper came in. Wow. I'm sitting there with a Cindy Lauper. It was the it was I I would get sick just to go and just, just have fun just to yeah just to try to get a voice you know doctor's appointment but anyway CSNY is a great band I, I I did not consider them because yeah. of Nash being from England and um, Young being from Canada but I think I understand how they could yeah. be on the list. We can break a rule here. Yeah, they, they had to be on the list somewhere. Yeah, they're, you know. they're they're in my honorable mention because of the net because okay. I didn't know I didn't think we were gonna consider them. Yeah. All right, Chris, you're up. All right, so number seven is the Doors. Oh wow! Wow, so, there. I mean, think about it. like Jim Morrison, man. Yeah. Like he took music to a different level yeah. in that era. They're, they are on my list. Yes, they are. They are. He made it um, an art, mm-hmm. right? The poetry, the lyrics, it was totally different than anything that was out there. And he was one hell of a front man. I mean, mm-hmm. he kind of, a lot of bands acted the way that he did too later on. I mean, yeah, not all the good, but he, he was like a mysterious figure. He was. Yes. Very dark, he, mysterious. Didn't they call him the, the Lizard King? Yes. <laughs> He's a li- he, the Lizard King. The Lizard King, yeah. Well, so, That's an interesting... I'm going to get a business card where it says the Lizard King. <laughs> Hand it to me. I think you'll get arrested. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> but, the, the doors, so interesting story about the Doors, right? Uh, one of Burl's clients comes in one day. He's an old guy and he needs this radio reset or something. Burl's business size that'll help you. So we're out there and he, you know, he's like maybe 80 years old. And he sent me set his presets on this Lexus, and he wanted like classic vinyl and yeah. uh, rewind and all that, you know. And I just happened to say, I like your choice of music, and you know, we started talking. Turns out he went to high school with Jim Morrison. Wow. He Whoa. Was years younger than him, uh, but he goes, "Yeah, Jim signed my yearbook," and he said we weren't friends, but we were, you know, past each other. Where's he from? Like, like where would that be from? He, well, I believe. He went to high school in California, but he moved around because his parents were in the Navy. Oh, okay. okay. So he was like a mm. military graph as well. Okay, yeah. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. So the, the doors, so that connection there, but um, they were innovative, right? I mean, the material was awesome. I loved the use of the, of the organ. Yeah, very original. I loved the use of the organ in that band. Yeah. So the, the doors for sure. The doors. Okay, number six, I have Metallica. For the reason I said earlier, just that kind of... Yeah. The... The 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 father of that genre. Yeah. So we've talked about them. So yeah, I have Metallica. No, that's great. At, I mean, at number six, we're, we have very similar lists. Yeah. 
And again, they they could have been seven. I mean, it, yeah. it just kind of yeah. They the middle were, part can be interchangeable. Yeah, they. I I I needed them on the list for that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number six for me uh, might be a surprise. I don't know. Okay. Nirvana. Ooh. Oh, all so right. I have it as number six as well. Okay. So we can knock this out. Together. Yeah, we can knock it out together. All and right. and you know what? Spoiler alert! I have them as number five. So okay. so let's just discuss. Discussion. Yeah, let's just discuss. So un- we, un- all, we all agree that they're the middle. Yeah. Middle of the list. I don't like their music. To be honest, I don't. I mean, somebody, I'm like, I gotta go listen to Nirvana. That never no. crosses my mind. No, but it's much more of a, a just the like Metallica. It just. When you think of that genre, turning point, they're the it, band. It's Pearl Jam and Nirvana. I yeah, mean, that, that's it. That they they're the nineties. Yeah, they're yeah. just that that and and that like kind of genius of Kurt Cobain. People still yeah. want to write like he like does. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and he didn't care about knowing how to play the guitar. He was like yeah. the anti Eddie Van Halen. You know, he took guitar and he gave it back to the. Do you remember Robert. their unplug? Yeah, he like he would miss like chords and, and stuff. He didn't he didn't care. Care you know, so it was a totally different guitarist, yeah. but he's famous for the fact that what he created. Yeah, yeah, know? and he destroyed hair metal. Like you can yeah. look at bands that were yeah. huge in the eighties. Yeah, getting into the nineties, ninety one hit grunge single handedly. Yeah, dropped it off. It was like a wall came down. Yeah, All those bands were dropped by their label. Everyone wanted the next Nirvana, so he changed the record industry. I mean, exactly, exactly. Big, big influence. Yeah, yeah, you can't deny it. Yeah, no. No, Nirvana, Nirvana. So and that was your number five. That's my number five so, is Nirvana. So why don't you give us your, oh, so we have to go. Right? Yeah, so you're going to do five, yeah. Okay, so number five for me, I'm, I'm, I'm switching everything here, would be Aerosmith. Okay. Good choice. Aerosmith, um, the longevity itself. Yeah. Um, obviously some, some not good news yesterday or two days ago with relapse. going into relapse, but uh, they have so many great songs. Yeah. Um. I've heard mixed things about their live act. Um, I've heard people say it's the greatest act in the world, and I've heard it's atrocious. So I, I don't know what to think. I haven't seen them yeah. live. But, uh, you know, I, I like their music. Yeah. At the end of the day, I can sit down and listen to Aerosmith and be happy. Bad Boys in Boston. Yeah. yeah I'm very I'm good with them. Okay. And even though he looks like some kind of, like female, like like, like spinster ant. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, he's got know, a weird look. Yeah, this hoboish look. Yeah, very going. interesting. I don't know about that. The scar. See, it's really yeah, scar. yeah, the scar. It's like Johnny Depp too. Yeah, yeah. Like not not in the trial right now because he's in like a suit and stuff. But like oh, yeah. Johnny Depp in the wild, you don't know. There's like a <laughs> lot. Yeah. There's like a lot going on. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of. Jack so Sparrow of in there. There's like yeah. like twenty five bracelets and yeah. yeah you, it's almost like. He keeps a piece of every character. Yeah. A little Mad Hatter, yeah. you know, a little yeah. Willy Wonka, yeah. a little Jack Sparrow. Yeah, that's, that's it's, Steven Tyler. Yeah, Steven Tyler's the same. His song it's, is part of them. Yeah, like it's it's You've got to remember they were like they were like dead for a while when they did that uh, Armageddon rock run DMC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they kinda like made a comeback and yeah. then Armageddon made them big. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That song was number one for like a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that song actually. I mean it's Liv <laughs> Tyler. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, live. Oh. That's probably his his greatest dumb muck, um, uh, contribution to uh, well, society. Well, Dream On is yeah. probably my personal favorite song ever. Mm-hmm. So I had to have them somewhere near near the the top. We should mention our favorite songs. 
of all time. Oh, that, that's too hard. I know, isn't it's it? Tough. I, it changes on my mood. The t- yeah. The day, yeah. Mine. What I need. I'll tell you mine. Something About You, Level 42. That's a yeah. great song. Great song. That song. It's uplifting. I love that song. That in, is In a keyboard. Yeah. There's something about a keyboard yeah. in a song that like works. Yeah. Great song. That's like their thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah level uh, 42. Level 42. Something About You, that song. My it was my dad's favorite song. My mom told me, and I think I if I think I just it's just like Absorbed my dad idea. probably just played it, and yeah. it was kind it's of like inner. like like the Doobie Brothers, one of these early musical things that kind of yeah told me like that the seed was planted. Early yeah, enough. M- yeah, music was something that I was attracted to. Yeah, you know. Yeah. All right, Chris, number five. All right, number five is Van Halen. Okay. Yes. Yes. So um, we already talked about them a little bit, but what I like you know, about Eddie Wright, I mean, he's the guitar guy. He, he's, yeah. Everybody looked up to him. Everybody wanted to be him. So again, innovative. They didn't write all their songs, but all their big hits they wrote. Yeah. Okay. You know, so they were all contributors to that. They did a lot of covers early on, but I, I still like them. And when you look at it, they were a '70s band, right? So they came out. Mm-hmm. They went into the '80s. And all their records were multi-selling. Yeah, they were like seventy-eight or seventy-seven, right? Yeah, I mean, they and Gene Simmons actually paid for the demos to get written. So, Running with the Devil, he recorded that. Okay. So they, they had um, you know a good foundation. They got started, um, and then you know through the eighties they transitioned, right? So I mean they lost David Lee Roth and they picked up Sammy Hagar. Yeah. yeah. How many other bands have made that switch? Yeah, it's like yeah. The Seinfeld episode where you want to date the roommate, but you're dating the other one. Yep. Guys, the switch. Eddie used. Is Mira, is Lamborghini Mira? <laughs> yeah, that's in all they the meant. actual songs. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> you, you know, you're. I gotta be a fan. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, that's and then how, Sammy used his five twelve. Yeah, yeah. His BB, you know. That's how Sammy and Eddie met. Was through the mechanic. Yes, so there was really. Some of the guys yes. in LA that would work on these cars. Right, and. Sammy and Eddie, that's how they met, was through the mechanic. The mechanic said, hey. Tom Bill around that. Wow. <laughs> hey, well, yeah. yeah. Might work out the same. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. But they also survived grunge. So we were talking like... Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yep. A good part of the career with Sammy was during grunge, right? They won a yeah. Grammy when grunge hit. They, you know, they went on live tours. So they were still big, putting out number one records. Huh. So they survived all the way through. Um, and then they just kind of dropped off. Yeah. So they they kind of stopped when they had... Good material, right? They they put on top. Yeah. With Roth, they came back, put some stuff out, but it wasn't like the heyday. But you know, um, Van Halen didn't make my list for just the fact that I just don't know their stuff. I mean, I know it yeah. peripherally, just from them being famous. But I've just never been a Van Halen kind of like I'm listening to Van Halen. I've never listened to them on purpose, if that makes sense. Like you know, what I mean? I've never gone on Spotify. So I'm going to listen to Van Halen today. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're like the first band on Yeah, you got yeah. to drop dead legs. So yeah. That's a great song. I don't know. I just, uh, yeah. I just, they're, they're not a band that's kind of in my, they're fun. In they my are. orbit. And what's cool is like, you may love David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar. Yeah. And you can oh, still like Van Halen. So exactly. Like two different yeah. sounds that you can get on yeah. board with. You can like them both. I, I like Hagar. Hagar loves like, like tequila too. or something. Oh, yeah. He has his own. Yeah. And he has a band, isn't it a band called Chicken Foot? He, well, he had that, and he's gone on since that. So oh, he's okay. done like all the solo stuff. Yeah, since. Chicken Foot. Yeah, I that was, was a super group with um, yeah. Chad Smith. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. 
Michael Anthony from Van Halen, of course. I forget the other guy. But yeah. I've seen Sammy live. He's a cool guy, man. Yeah, that's what he I was mean. Doing shots with guys in the audience. He, he would hand him stuff to he, sign. He just off, seems like, like a really yeah. cool dude. Yeah. Super cool guy. Yeah. So, Van okay. Halen. Okay. Wow. Number five. All right, my my number four is the doors. Ooh. The doors. Me too. The doors. Me too. So let's um, just knock this out. I needed the doors. I really thought I I put them high up, top you know number four, because like when I think of bands from that era that aren't British, um, it's the doors. Yeah. And yeah. just uh, they held their own with like the the best. Yeah. And uh, they're still part of the conversation. Like, they're still kind of yeah. out. You know what I mean? Everyone knows the doors. And I love the organ. I just love the organ, to yeah. be honest. And so that's your... That's, your... that's also my number four. Okay. So we hit it right on the button. Anyway, and we've talked about them, so... Go ahead, Chris. Chris. All right, so number four I think is going to surprise you guys. Okay. Right, so I got another little this bit of... This is what we like. So the band Boston. Oh, oh. of course. So uh, think yeah. about this, right? This guy, Tom Scholes. Yeah. He was a mechanical engineer. I think he worked for Kodak. Okay. Right? In his part time, he's like, I'm going to buy this recording equipment, go in my basement, start making records. So him and Brad Delt, who was the lead singer, yep. they recorded the entire first album in his basement outside of one track. Um, and Epic Records was like, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to come to the studio, record with us. Um, they ended up only recording one song at Epic. Everything else was done in Tom's basement. Right? And that album came out Sold 17 million copies. It was the highest selling debut album until Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. Tom wrote all the songs. He huh. invented his own um, his own equipment. So he invented an amp called the Rockman, uh, which then Def Leppard went on to use for Hysteria. So all these other guitarists were like, hey, we need this. So Tom was very uh, innovative. He wrote his own material. And what I like about Boston was um, kind of like Tom Petty. Yeah. When the uh, label was like, hey, we need a record, Tom was like, it's not done yet. I'll give it to you when it's done. Yeah. Got into a lawsuit, took him six years to make this record, put it out, went number one. Right? It was the third stage, which had this song, Amanda. Oh, yes. And Amanda has the distinction of being the last number one Billboard hit without a music video. So in the heyday of oh, okay, everyone had music videos. Yeah. So yeah. Like, We're not doing it. We're just putting out our material and let it sell. Yeah. And yeah. Number one. Yeah, so, I'm really glad somebody had Boston on their list. Yeah, that's in my because uh, I made my list a little bit last night. Yeah, and then today I thought about Boston. Yeah, more than a feeling would be a top five song oh. for me. Yeah, I love that song. And, and I'm like, man, they're my honorable mentions. Yeah, same. So we're we're all we're hitting all the the, the big ones, but yeah, um, they're Delp's voice is amazing. Yeah. I love Boston. It's a great yeah. band. What's cool, too, with them that uh, is kind of interesting, right? They're anti-rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Like, in their records, they say that they're anti-drug. Where I'd say they don't do drugs, they don't smoke, yeah. they don't do the stuff, which is, that's the business that they're in. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, they're in there with the doors and everybody else, yeah. but they're just, they're, like, anti-establishment. Yeah. And they don't go to the record, they, the record labels, they do their own stuff in their basement. So what they're I heard about, band. yeah, and what I heard about Boston was that they were at, they sounded live what the record sounded yeah. like. Yeah. Which was amazing. Amazing because he could hit the high notes. Yeah. And you know. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, you're not going to hit it out of the park on every live show. Yeah. Well, you want to know something about the Eagles. Their original bass player sang that um, Take It to the Limit. Take it to the limit. Randy Miser. And he would, ref he, he stopped doing it live. 
and then and they and they kicked him out because yeah. he that high note at the end he couldn't do it he yeah. he couldn't do it or he was afraid he could you know it it's like w- w- yeah. when I sing opera there's usually like at least one or two notes during the show it's hard where I'm like I I have to nail that and I don't know if I can and you know when you sing opera or when you do anything you you don't do it a hundred percent you can't sing a hundred percent like the you know what I mean you sing it like sixty. And they pick a couple places during the opera to go to 100. And yeah. it's usually a big high note or something. Yeah. And so I I understand that uh, – I, I understand where he was coming from. But uh, you, you got to sing the song. Yeah. Glenn Fry was like, sing the fucking song yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I'm not singing it. And they <laughs> kicked him out of the band. Yep, they yeah. got Timothy B. Schmidt. It, we'll see you later. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Take it to the limit. That's a great song. That is. It's yeah. a great song. That's the credit card song. Yes. Which I do on a routine basis. I am okay, in. Where, where are we? Number three? Okay, so. Is that where we are? So the four was The Doors, okay. Boston. My number three is The Almond Brothers. Oh. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people would say, yeah, you gotta respect that. Um, oh, oh, that's the wrong one. I have to be honest, I am not like kind of like, like The Grateful Dead, I don't know their music very well but i just know when it comes to american rock and roll of that era that name's there the almond brothers it's just one of those groups that is just like there yeah it's just it's just one of those really influential top groups of that era and i had to have it in my i I think i thought in my top three that's good that's good yeah that's great so that's the almond brothers jay number three the Foo Fighters. Oh, you know what? I got to tell you something. I love the Foo Fighters. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. They're not in my top 10 because I feel like there's just other bands historically that kind of, like, they, they'd be like 11. So, so Does that make sense? Let me tell you why they're so high. Okay. They have one of the best musicians as a lead guy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Who was also the drummer for Nirvana. For Nirvana, yeah. Which which when you think when you see the Foo Fighters and you think about that, yeah. You it, it's kind of a little bit of a disconnect for me. It doesn't seem like the the, the Foo Fighters would be like the like the natural progression all of music Nirvana. Yeah, all they, I kind of feel like they're a little bit like the Heartbreakers. Yeah. They're, they're current. So that was a part of it. I wanted a current yeah. And, and okay. They're not done. No. So they have no. a lot more potential too. Yeah. Like they, they can keep going for a while. Yeah. So I I put them high because they they're just uh, <clears throat> we've talked about it many times. Currently, are there a lot of bands you'd pay to see? Not no. But Foo the Foo Fighters, Fighters is one of them. And I'm really sad that I never got to see um Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. And his death is a huge blow. Yeah. And because really that band is. Is them but, too? But I think they're gonna keep going. I oh, don't think sure. They're gonna just like go no disband. No, but like their friendship, their relationship, like yeah, was the kind of in my opinion, like the core of that band. Yeah, the cornerstone yeah. of it. Yeah, and uh, um, it's sad that he's gone. Yeah, but I am a huge Foo Fighters fan. You're right. The last album that I really listened to of theirs was from several years ago. Um, Wasting Light is that what it was called? Or wasting time, 
Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll 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 find it. I can't it. remember. Yeah, I can't remember. It's Spotify now. Yeah, exactly. It's just all singles. Every single song. Yeah. Just from top to bottom. Yeah, hit, hit. Just the like unrelenting great music. It's powerful. Nothing was be- there was yeah. no maybe track number four because it was a little like screamo. I might just you know, but regardless, it was a great song. But there's not no, there's no dip. There's no dip. Yeah. No, it is just constant. Uh, just hook after hook after yeah. just great everything about it. I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. Well, I'm glad they're on the list. Yeah. They made a list. Yes, yeah. But they're like my like number like 11. So they didn't make your list. Did they make your list? They did not. Yeah. So my number three is going to lick it up. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kiss. Well, Kiss. Yeah. Kiss. So when you think this was like showmanship, right? <laughs> you can't talk these guys. They're no. still touring the day. I yeah. mean, Gene has like taken everything to the next level. Yeah. No matter if it's real estate, reality TV, music. Yeah. And they're not the best musicians. Like no, I didn't put them in because they're great songwriters or because they can really play their instruments, you know, better than anyone else. They're just yeah. really good at what they do. My they biggest good show. My biggest struggle is leaving them off because, so I've seen them live. Yeah. Have you seen them live? I haven't. No. They it they were the last show, um, I saw in um the Civic Arena, and you know the Civic Arena was built for sound. Yeah. For the music, and it was, it I was like right in the front. That's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, Kiss was a blast. Yeah. It, it didn't matter if they are not great musicians. No. They, you, people go to just enjoy. Yeah. It's just. It's like a, it's a celebration. Yeah. 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 It's a circus. And yeah. it's a success story, too. Like, Gene yeah. Simmons was, what, an English teacher or something? He was a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And they put together this band and they tried different things. I mean, they're the original hair metal. Right? Yeah. I mean, they wore makeup. They're totally original in what they did. Yeah. Um, and they were basically a struggling band. They couldn't get anything. Platform boots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, well, shit, we'll, we'll just do a live album. That's all the money we have. Yeah. And then they put that out and that put them on the map and that created yeah. this whole, you know, desire to have live albums and, yeah. you know, I mean, and then they had the fan clubs and the merchandising. The pyrotechnics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so much that they came out with. I mean, the whole eighties hair metal was kiss. Everybody yeah, wanting to be them. Yeah, and yeah. they survived that, and they're still original. They're out there, and oh, yeah, so I'm really glad they're on. Yeah, there. yeah, kiss, kiss is in my kind they're of. They're in your orbit. Yeah, in my top twenty. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but no, I completely can understand. Uh, it's amazing what they've done. Yeah, it, with yeah. such yeah. limited ability. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And their songs are just simple. Like I want to yep. rock and roll all night and party every day. Yeah, that's the that's the whole song. It's like okay, we're gonna write a song. Oh, all right, Doctor Love. Yeah, yeah or lick it up. Yeah, that's hysterical. Yeah, but that that's a hit. And that's people, a hit. They don't. The, the fans don't care. They're just no. They're buying that that whole fun vibe. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's a party. And don't take it too serious. We're just Definitely. having a good time. They have an interesting dynamic too, because you know Paul and Gene are Jewish. Yeah. And, and then Ace was like this Nazi. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. 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 You know. You are. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, there was a lot of like There's discord within the yeah. band and all this. It, it's real weird. Like it, it, neither Chris is actually a pretty good musician. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to say like they're, they're not bad musicians. They're not bad they're... musicians now. I, I can't imagine being like an like openly like a Nazi. That's such a weird well position. He he's just not a fan of Jews. 
Yeah, very interesting. I, I, Nazi is a hard word to like accuse somebody of. Yeah, that's he's, true. He's but anti-Semitic. But <laughs> yeah, but like when you say Nazi, I, I, everyone kind of gets it. Knows what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, he's not a fan. Because of, of all the Nazi Party uh, policies, uh, of all of the you know the different points of their platform, uh, the most kind of um, one that people automatically think of is the anti-Semitism. So right, when yeah. you say that, you automatically think yeah. anti-Semitism. Yeah. 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 But, Another thing that I, like, I was by... So I weird. CDs, right? And I was yeah. like, to look to see who the band thanks. Oh, okay. You know, so it's like, oh, thanks to our record, you know, our yeah. guy, our producer. Yeah. But look how many times other bands thank Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Even Eddie Money thanked them. Right? Bon Jovi. So they would help these guys out. Really? Yeah, I, I think it was uh, Bon Jovi. I read an article, and he made sure that, like, uh, or Gene Simmons made sure that they had enough food to eat. Yeah. They were just starting out, so, like, he'd let them open uh, for their act and whatnot. So Kiss helped a lot of guys come up. Gene wow. Simmons, like, he would, like I said, Van Halen, he helped them get on the map. So he, yeah. he put a lot out there. So it wasn't all about him. Plus, he, Gene he kept those detailed uh, Rolodex. He, he documented everything pretty well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Including every woman he's ever slept with. Well, that's oh, it. my Lord. Yeah. And he's not shy about it either. Like, that's out there. Oh, it's out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's out there. It's out there. Yeah, yeah he's right. But he, he's a cool dude. Gene, yeah. He's a no-nonsense guy, too. Like, he's just, he's business, smart business. He wears guy. leather sport coats. I kind of feel like, yeah. you know, you're kind of a badass. Like, if he walked in right now, I'd be like, holy shit, it's Gene Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he has a lot of, like, gravitas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like if anybody else brothers. walked in and be like, ah, hey, how you doing, Tom Petty? He sucks like, up Gene the Simmons, like, holy shit. Yeah. He's yeah. on heels. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That's incredible. All right, let's head on to number two. Okay. So I was thinking of, okay, my, my, my top it's, two. It's, it's got to be, we all have to be really close. Well, here. I thought, let's think of an early American band like that had a, a lot of influence on the future of rock and roll. Yeah. And it's the birds. Yeah. Yeah. Very early. You have David Crosby. He's in the he's in the Hall of Fame twice. Twice. The Birds and Crystals Nash. Yeah. And I was just kind of thinking to myself, you know, like what's one of those early bands that, you know, had that kind of they were they were kind of inventing rock and roll with with every with yeah. the Beatles and with the Stones and with all the Hollies and all the, like those different bands. Yeah. So I thought the Birds deserved number two spot. That's like excellent. It. Yeah. That's a, you went a little off the board there. Yeah. I like. I wasn't that. expecting that. No, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't expect it's that. The Birds. Me. There you go. So number two for are you done? Yeah. Number two for me um, was a tie. Okay. Well, I, was, I think I know it's gonna. Yeah, I, I didn't know what to do, um, so I put both of them down. But we already talked about the Eagles. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to go with the other one. Okay. Oh, I know who it's going to be. CCR. Oh, oh I'm wrong. I'm yep. Wrong. Wow. CCR, CCR was the soundtrack during Vietnam. Yep. So you kind of, that was a whole yeah. generation a of, period of, of time, yeah. a period of time. Um, and the, I don't know of any band that has their music used more in movies than CCR. Yeah. Yeah. Song. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's in every, yeah, it's in every damn movie. <clears throat> um, and I can sit and listen to them. I'm every, I yeah. have no problem. If you yeah. put CCR on, I'll listen to it all day. Yeah. 
So yeah. they, they were, it was the Eagles and CCR. I thought you were going to say the Beach Boys. Yeah. Nope. Wow. Yeah. Nope. I thought that was coming out. So, my number two, we've already talked about, but it's Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? Wow, so that's high. high. I just really respect those guys. So That's high up. Wow. When I think no, about them. No, not even on my list. That's an, now, yeah. Aerosmith, that's American Institution. Right? Yeah. So, they came out in 72. <laughs> I mean, they've gone through career peaks and valleys and they've always come through, right? So you yeah. just look at their music in the 70s. They put out their greatest hits in like 84, 85. They thought they were done and then yeah. they continued again. You're right. You know? And then in the 90s, it's like, oh, they're done. They put out their first number one record. So they started in 72, didn't have a number one until Armageddon, which was, what, 98, Isn't 97? That, that's really something. Wow. That a band has that kind of staying power. The Dream On wasn't a number one hit. No, nah, it was a top ten. It was I a four. I think it peaked at four. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't number one. That's incredible. But what was interesting about that, wow. I, I read Stephen Tyler's books. Was, I, I yeah. read Stephen Tyler. And what would happen is their producers would come in and say, you're going to write with the songwriter because you're going to create a new sound. Okay. So they always stay current to the times. Okay. Right. So in the '80s, they had one songwriter, Desmond Child, and that's where they wrote like "Love in an Elevator." I think that was in the '90s. Yeah. You know, they that was were, like '92. Yeah, it forced them to be creative and to not have the same stuff rehashed. Right. So one record doesn't sound like the next. They're very original in that. Um, and also, like I like how Steven Tyler comes like what "Dream On," "Walk This Way," like very yeah. simple but catchy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Writes. Um, and, yeah, because bands kind of lean on having like one sound. Sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they kind of don't. You're right. Aerosmith was country at one point. Oh, when wow. You, when you listen to some of the stuff in the 90s, like Crazy, yeah. I'm trying to think one of those songs. Yeah. They kind of, they actually went more country. Like, they've done stuff with Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just universal. Oh, wow. And the fact that, I mean, everyone in that band is solid. Kind of makes you, like, rethink your life. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And they sold, I mean. Shit ton of records, like yeah. five million just in the U.S. Wow. Yeah, um, and then the fact that Steven Tyler, there's still a demand for him to be a judge on American Idol. Like, oh I mean, yeah, he's still like a name. Yeah, um, yeah everybody kind of recognizes yeah, him still. It yeah. might be because he looks like a, a female now. Yeah, yeah. A hobo, but so he's kind of like the American Mick Jagger. Yes. Yeah. Right? Okay. Like, no, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. He's like our Mick Jagger, and um, and what Joe Perry he plays with Johnny Depp. You mentioned Johnny Depp. Yeah. Like they have yep. American or Hollywood. Yeah, band Johnny. Band. Yeah, Johnny Depp has a band. Yeah. So uh, why don't we have a band? We, we should. Start hey, a band. I got a drum set downstairs. We can well, get that's some. What I play too. So yeah. We'll two drummers. Two drummers. Yeah. So, Listen. That was third. That was that was another thing about the Grateful Dead I forgot to mention. Two drummers. Two drummers. Yeah. When a band has two drummers, that like that's high octane. That's just that's my shit. It's so cool because <laughs> the fact that they can like keep time together oh, yeah. is yeah. that's difficult. Yeah. Doesn't Dream Theater have two ba- two drummers too? No, Dream Theater just has one giant drum set. Oh, one big like um, I don't think Mike Portnoy he has plays. To, like, run back and forth. To play. So like I'm wow. so my drum set is a was inspired by Carter Buford from Dave Matthews, uh, Neil Peart from Rush. And Mike Portnoy from a Dream Theater. Yeah. So I would get Modern Drummer Magazine, and I would see these pictures of Mike Portnoy's drum set, which was literally yeah. this. It had two stools because you had the main kit, yeah, and then there was like another sub kit over here. You actually got me to go see Rush. Yes, and you were like, "Just watch Neil. Yeah, don't worry about anything the, else yeah. going on." Yeah, and most people there 
were just staring at Neil. Yeah. Wow. His, there were a lot of, basically the audience is drummers. Yeah. Listen, you got to understand something. When you ask a drummer, the greatest drummers of all time, if they don't say Buddy Rich first, then they're idiots. But the number two spot, I would put Steve Gadd personally. But number three has to be Neil Peart. And he could even be number two. His drumming ability was out just un... It's not human. It was superhuman. What he was able to do, his ability to play an odd switching um, time signatures. I mean, just Google his drum set. Like the fact that he could... Yeah. Play it is just remarkable. But they're from Canada, yeah. so they're not on the list. North American. Yeah. I mean, they're on the North American list. They're on the North American, they're on the North American you list. You have to bump somebody. Right yes. Would, would uh, Ringo Starr make your top ten for drummers? Um, actually, uh, on the official modern drummer list, he's 13. Okay. Um, he... You gotta understand something is I my first kit was a Ludwig because Ringo had a Ludwig kit. Okay. I wanted Zildjian cymbals because he had Zildjian cymbals. My first drum teacher was Ringo Starr. He is the first person I ever imitated on the drum kit, which is weird because he was a left-handed drummer playing a right-handed kit, so he actually yeah. had a weird style. But like. The first time I got a drum set and played along with songs to learn beats was the Beatles. Ringo influenced countless, countless numbers of of, of, where, of drummers. Where was Ginger Baker? Um, I don't think he was on the list. I'll have I have the magazine somewhere. I'll have to find it. Um, I think he was an honorable mention. Like even like Carter Beaufort was an honorable mention. I mean, he's a phenomenal drummer, but. Dave Matthews Band, it's a modern band, even with all of his skill. What about the... There's just, you know, like Gene Krupa, there's there's almost like Tony Williams, a lot of jazz drummers, even Steve Gadd. He, he, Steve Gadd is the drummer for um, Eric, Eric Clapton. Okay. And people think his talent is wasted with Eric Clapton because it's just like straight like rock and roll pop songs. And Steve Gadd is this like... What about Phil? Phil Collins? Yeah, where was he? I don't remember. I don't know if he was on the list. Um, it is an interesting thing. A lot of people probably don't know how great of a drummer he is. Yeah. Um, I watched a video once, and all they did was isolate the, the oh, drummer, cool. the drums on a song. Or no, yeah. On, on, and he could tell you who, like, who was playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like unbelievable. A signature on those, yeah. yeah. Well, that that's what I mean about having two drummers in a band. Drummers have. Like, if you listen to Dave Matthews, there's no other drummer that plays like like, like Carter. Are, are we are we are we can, are we missing out that they're not on the list? Who Dave? Yeah. So th- they're not on the list for me because, um, like, uh, so if we had like a bracket system, yeah, and it was Dave Matthews, Grateful Dead, Grateful Dead would would win mm. in, in my bracket. I love Dave Matthews Band. They are a band that kind of, when Britney Spears was big and NSYNC, yeah. they kept my musical mind sane. Yeah, they were serious. Does that make sense? Yeah. They, yeah. they had horns, violin, yeah. real, like a drummer that he, it, it's like. They're, they're like an orchestra. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Carter must have at least six arms. I mean, I don't know how he's playing this stuff, but he's also a left-handed drummer who plays a right-handed kit. 
you notice my ride symbol is to the right because that's where my right arm plays. His sure. ride symbol is up here. And you notice if you go look at my drum set, I have a ride a ride symbol up to my left okay. just because he does because he's left-handed. So his ride hand is actually – that's why he plays open-handed. Okay. So I play cross-handed. God, God, that's a great, 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 great – <laughs> anyway, I play cross because my right hand is playing the hi hat and the ride. Yeah, that's all. I but he play. he plays open because his left hand needs to hit the ride, oh. so he has an open handed style. But anyway, yeah, he's unbelievable. But Dave Matthews Band, I think, is a phenomenal band. Um, however, I I don't quite know if they belong in the top ten. I understand. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did, I, did you hit your number two? Oh, wait. Yeah, uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Okay. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Number one, pretty obvious. Yeah. The only band yeah. that, you know, when you talk about the Beatles making a record, yeah. and then they hear Pet Sounds, and then they make Sgt. Pepper, yeah. it's the Beach Boys. They're Agreed. the number one American, because when you have Paul McCartney put Pet Sounds you know, in the studio That's their goal. or something, or I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember if it was the Beatles put pet sounds on the wall in the studio while making Sergeant Pepper, or if Brian Wilson had Sergeant Pepper on the wall while he was making something else, but they were this like, I mean, any band that directly was able to compete and influence one another like that. I mean, you watch an interview with Paul McCartney. Oh, who's that? Who's that? Um, that famous producer with the huge long beard, Rubens or something. I forget yeah, his. Rubens. Yeah, Paul Rubens. Like he asked Paul McCartney, you know, who did you like listen? Oh, the oh the uh, the Beach Boys, you know, and Pet Sounds, and then we made Sergeant Pepper. He literally said, "Yeah, Pet Sounds came out because, and then we made Sergeant Pepper because of Pet Sounds." Yeah, like that to me, and like any great list of greatest albums of all time. Yeah, Sergeant Pepper and like Pet Sounds. That's like one and two. Yeah. 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 Okay, you know, or you know what I mean. You also, might... also, the, one of the greatest songs ever, God only knows. Oh yeah, that's Paul McCartney's favorite song. Right. Yeah. If if the Beatles say that's our favorite song, yeah, they have to be. Yeah, and also again, like the Birds, it is the early. Yeah. It is the it is the birth of what you know. The... Their music got more serious too. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just like fun, you know, because they thought it was just like a regional thing. Well, it was a surf band, definitely. It was regional. Yeah. It took off. Yeah. But like, I mean, obviously you listen to them and they have their surf music and stuff, but like, God only knows. My first concert was the Beach Boys. Oh, I've never, I would love to see them. I was a kid. Yeah. My mom took me with friends or her friends or something. And I didn't know what I was, you know. Yeah. But then I look back, I'm like, should have paid attention to that one. Yeah. You know? you know, I just started listening. The other day, um, a song popped into my head from Brian Wilson's album, Smile. Now, the Beach Boys recorded this music back in the day, but it was kind of, I think, when he was having his like mental breakdown, sure. and it wasn't fully realized. And so back like in 2004 or something... He got it. He didn't get the Beach Boys back together, but he got a whole, whole bunch of other uh, musicians and created his like mm-hmm. masterpiece. And the album is called Smile. Right. And there's just a couple track, and it's one of those albums that just it doesn't stop. Like it, okay. like all yeah. the songs just kind of. Actually, what annoys me is there's a song called Wonderful, 
and the end of that song is actually the beginning of the next track. So I, I have to listen to both because it's it's just supposed to be this. He calls it a, a rock opera. It's just supposed to be this kind of just one big piece. Yeah. And um, you know, but it, it is. But they again, when you hear the Beach Boys, it it's the Beach Boy. Like it's them. there's it's no them other sound. Yeah. yeah. And but like. To me, there's and, a pretty big gap between one and two. Yeah, and like in my opinion. And you know, this the Rubens asked Paul McCartney, where'd you get your harmony ideas from? The Beach Boys and the Everly Brothers. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, like the Beatles didn't come out of a vacuum here. You know, what I mean, the they the America Elvis, all of it, you know, huge influence. And uh, you they know just fed it back to us. So exactly. And they didn't just just like I say, that they didn't just sit in a vacuum and not listen to any records ever, and just you I mean they're they had influences and yeah, yeah. and and you know and the Beach Boys, they got to be number one. Uh, same, same. We, um, we, we, I have a feeling they're not number one for you. No, the they Eagles. They didn't man. even make your list. The no, Eagles. The How can the Beach Boys not make the list? So number the, eleven. Uh, yeah, okay. Wait, 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 wait. So the Eagles are your number one. Eagles are number. The one. Eagles are number one. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Um, okay. I mean, kind of think like you were saying with Sergeant Pepper. You know, the two albums go back and forth. Yeah. They were making Hotel California while uh, Fleetwood Mac was doing rumors. Right oh. So you have these two mega records being made in the yeah. same studio, right? I like that. So I like that. Cool and then you know, we talked about the Eagles. You know, each guy's talented in their yeah. own right. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I just saw the Eagles too when they were at PBG Paints Arena. Yeah. Don Henley had a cold, and he still sounded just as good as he did on the records. Like he came out, apologized, "Hey guys, I'm not feeling good tonight, but we're going to get through this." And they played yeah. Hotel California in the entirety, right? And then they came out, played every song that they like, every big hit. It's three hours long. Oh yeah, yeah. They they performed well. Um, you know they survived. You gotta respect that. Yeah, the longevity and I mean if, if you're going just off numbers, yeah, you know, no right. one has outsold them. And uh, I think I mentioned this last time I was on the show. When you look at just the 20th century, right, in mm -hmm. terms of records, their greatest hits sold more records than any other album released. Yeah, and yeah. In fact, you can't it, it can't be topped because the, the century is over. The yeah, century is done. Yeah. And what I liked about their music as songwriters. Um, they were storytellers. Yep. You can sit down, listen to their song, and your your mind goes on a journey. Yeah. You're there in Hotel California, or your life in the fast lane. Yeah. Or you with you know the lying eyes, seeing that whole story unfold. So it was like a theater of the mind. Yeah. And they just struck a nerve in the seventies that everybody loved the, the Eagles, man. They were yeah. like the American Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they were together for a short time, put out a lot of great music, and it survived. Yeah. And you. Know, I, I like that. Your grandkids are listening to it, and it's just like it's still important today. Yeah. You know, it, 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 no. You can't argue that. Yeah. So yeah. Eagles number one. I like that. Yeah. Listen, great lists. Yeah, I, I agree. These are some great I, lists. I thought we did pretty well. I, I think we hit some really good. You curveballs. Yeah. The Ronettes. I'm never. <laughs> I, I, I wrote it down. Oh, I like it. As yeah. soon as he hit with the raw nets, I have to oh, write this down. Yeah, oh, the Go Go's guys. Our lips are sealed. When I was a kid, I Go -Go. loved the Go Go's. Yeah, I I did too, and then I, I kind of outgrew them. But it's yeah. like, hey, that, that's an important time. That's yeah, so, I can't believe it. So I want to talk about a few things. So to get my inspiration going, mm -hmm. I looked up just Google best American bands ever. Yeah, and I found this list from. Uh, ultimateclassicrock.com yeah. and that's where I kind of started and actually number 50 is the Foo Fighters 
And again, I think it's again kind of like you know Dave Matthews' band. I'm isn't on here. Like 49 is the Flaming Lips. That's kind of weird to me, but no you know. sane person. Yeah, would put the Flaming Lips above the Foo Fighters. Yeah, I, I don't really understand that. Yeah, I don't really understand that. But anyway, it, it was my kind of like 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 inspiration. Sure. And I wanted to ask you about a band that every list I looked at had a band called the Pixies on it. And I see he doesn't even know who the Pixies are. Yeah, I don't know who they are. Are they old? Like I don't. Oh, here, let let me find them on on this list here. But like, they're like I don't. I I've never heard this band, the Pixies, and they're on every list. Any any website I find with the you know best American bands, they include this band called the Pixies. And let me see if I can find them here. Aerosmith, Credence, Van Halen. Tom Petty is number two, and then Beach Boys is number one on this list. Oh, so we, we named all those. Yeah. I, the I door. don't even know. Talking Heads. I'd love to include the Talking Heads. I don't know one song. Yeah, R.E.M., Eagles. R.E.M. was Steely Dan. Actually, Steely I was, yeah. was going to start with R.E.M. as number 10. Yeah, R.E.M.'s a great band. Um, but then they just abruptly stopped. And that kind of like yeah. ran around in the And you know, like... like so I want to talk about after I figure out who like the Green Pixies Day are. Could be on. They've been going on I, for a long time. I wrote Green Day down while we were talking okay. because you mentioned about a live band. Live band. So the Foo Fighters, Green Day, they record live. Now, obviously, they're yeah. they're not on a stage. What I mean is yeah. a band. So uh, back in the day, I saw the what was called the Pop Disaster Tour, I believe, and it was the the it was Green Day and. Um, uh, Blink 182, and I love Blink 182. Yeah. But Blink 182 records like a lot of bands with with a tracking. So Travis goes in, lays down the drums to a to a click track, and then lays down the bass to a click track, and, and they, then lay, layer they lay it all together, and then yeah. they do all the thing, you know. So they don't actually record it together. Like Phil Collins used to go and record all the drums, and then go on vacation, and the band would come in and fill in all the other stuff, right? Yeah. And, but here's the deal, though. Green Day records live, meaning that they're in the studio together and they record all together. So when you go see them live, you're hearing yeah. what they were doing in the studio. The Foo Fighters do the same. Yeah. Green Day was unbelievable. Yeah. Blink sucked. Because they don't play together. Yeah. They don't record together. They don't create it together. Yeah, it's not organic. It's like not, Man, yeah. Where would you guys have uh, Motley Crue? They won't make the list. Yeah. No. To me, they were the 80s version of Kiss. Yeah. I like their music, but it's to but, me, they're not. But for showmanship, yeah. They, they, yeah. they're a 10. Yeah. You know, they put on a good act. Yeah, and they have a lot of hits. They do. You can't. Yeah. You can't All right, so here, I'm going to read this to you. So number 44 of the, on this list is, yeah. is the Pixies. Okay. And I've seen them even higher, like top 10. Boston's Pixies are pretty much the bridge between 80s college rock and 90s indie. Their 1988 debut, Surfer Rosa, set the template to uh, much more to come, including Nirvana's loud, quiet, loud aesthetic uh, that they took to the mainstream just a few years later. So maybe they were kind of like, I guess, a Nirvana precursor. Um, the original quartet. Da, 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 da. Let me just see here if there's any other good uh, bits here. Um, there isn't a new rock band worth their guitars that hasn't been influenced by the Pixies in one way or another. Wow, that's a bold statement. And that's just I. You know what? I I bet to I bet it's one of those bands that 
If you walk down the street, no one knows. But when it comes to their influence, you know, I was hoping you knew more about oh, them. Yeah. Wow, I've yeah, because they they kept popping up That's on all these lists. There, that yeah. is some yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I wrote down Green Day. I I also wrote down Fish, uh, just because like the Grateful Dead. I don't even know if you ever. Uh, I mean, they're just. You know, yeah. like I had to teach. So I went to a boarding school and in the dorm for high school and in the dorm, teachers lived in the dorms. So they had a, like, like apartment, like nicer apartments, not like dorm rooms. Like, yeah. and I, there was a math teacher who lived in the dorm that I lived in and he knew I loved music and I was the drummer and I, you know, and he invited me into his apartment one night and he opened up a cabinet and it was full of, of cassette tapes. And it was like, you know, Fish 92, Fish 93, Fish 94, Fish, Rush 92. Right? It was because so he's one of those guys, you know, Grateful Dead, Grateful Dead, Frank Zappa, who goes to these concerts hooked up with all of his um, recording gear. Okay. And he had hundreds of, cass of cassettes of all of these live performances. So if he wanted to listen to Fish from 93... He could just put it in his, his cassette player. That's interesting. Listen to the whole thing. So growing up, you get these like periods of time where there's a band that you think like really great because yeah. you're into them. Yeah. yeah. Like, your friends or like your immediate friends are into them. Yeah. A band like um, like like Blink was a good example. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, but to me, I I think for like a two year run, the Smashing Pumpkins were the biggest band. Oh in the yeah. World. Oh yeah. And you're just like. Oh, this is going to be... Yeah. Now, they didn't really... They had a good little run there, but they're not yeah. the longevity. No, yeah. no. They put out two good albums. Hey, one great album. as you know, there are some bands who they they, they, they get one. They get one. Yeah. And then they're gone. Yeah. Which is why what, what makes the Grateful Dead, like we said, so great is they had the one hit, but they... It, they still it, relevant. They didn't need hits. Yeah. They were... A, yeah. They had a following no matter what. Yeah. Very interesting. But, well, you that's, know. That's like Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. You, Hootie like, and the Blowfish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. they had one big record. sold 10 million records, and then that was it. And that was done. They were done. That was done. a huge record. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That, you still hear that song. Dan right? Marino. Wasn't yeah. he in the video? Yeah. Because they were big sports fans. Yeah. Were, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So other bands, other bands that came up a lot on these lists that I was kind of looking at, yeah. obviously the Talking Heads. Sure. Yeah. Um... Journey, yeah, journey, journey. You know, I mean, when you go to karaoke, everyone knows you gotta, bon you gotta probably. do Bon Jovi, Chicago, Boston. Yeah. I think Chicago, phenomenal. I mean, think about a band. Every one of their albums is called Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, one, two, three. Like we don't need Kansas. You know what? I didn't even think about Kansas. Oh my God! I've they're great band. I was thinking the Cars. Okay. Oh, they're on. They're on. Okay. They're on the lists. Okay, that was my number twelve band. Okay. Yeah, the Cars. I, I was like, you know, this is a ten list. Yeah, twelve list. But the Cars were that yeah. new wave sound, man. Yeah, you know? yeah. The cars were very unique. Awesome. But you can go like you could say like the Carpenters. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. You know, even like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, yeah. and Fire. Stuff like that. The man. Temptation. Yeah. yeah. But they were a group. They didn't really play an instrument. Well, see, th see, this is kind of like, you know, you have to... Uh, that's why we had a set, like, parameters, like the Temptations, but they're not really a band. They're they're, a band. They they're, 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 they're actually a, a boy band, to be, you know. Yeah. They're a singing group. 
You know, um, the Beatles were a boy band too, but yeah, but they played instruments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Leonard Skinner. Yeah. You know, uh, the band, but again, I think I think we we talked about that, but they're kind of a you know a hybrid. No more originality. Yeah. You know, they're all yeah, kind of. Yeah, they're all relatives. Yeah. Guns and Roses, Cheap Trick. And then, obviously, a, a lot, you know, you know, we kind of set our rules here, like, to not include, like, a Hall & Oates. Yeah. Because they're not really a band. They're a, a, a duo. Like, Steely Dan, they're yeah. a studio band. You know, they, they record with certain musicians, yeah. then go on the road with other musicians. Simon & Garfunkel, I love Simon & Garfunkel, yeah. but... They're not really a band, right? Right. You know what I mean? They're uh, songwriters, singers, and then they they have, you know, no name musicians who our you know. Number one didn't make his list. That that to me, you well, know. Honestly, I knew it was going to make your list. Yeah. So I was trying you to have, try to be a little. Yeah, different. I don't want to have because we talked about that before, and I yeah. I thought the Beach Boys were going to be your number one or number two. So yeah. I, like, I need one. to be a little bit different because you got to make a show. It's yeah. Very, you're right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. So I knew yeah. these boys were going to be safe. Uh, yeah. No, you're well, right. you know, I think it's just kind of, you know, it's like the greatest band of all time is the Beatles, like, on every single list ever. But there's a reason for that. Because really the influence of these bands is so astronomical that... Um, you know, the Beatles went for nine years, right? Yeah. yeah. But their nine years were, like... Changed music forever. Their nine years were, were was just no dips. Yeah. You know, it was just... It was just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, they right. they released like two albums like a year. It was just boom, just it just it, it was a concentrated. The other day, I heard a concentrated. Thing with, uh, Paul yeah. McCartney. He's talking about. Oh, it was an old interview with Howard Stern. Okay. And he was talking about um, who was their old ban- their manager? Brian Epstein. You know he was um, he was gay. gay and he killed himself. Yeah. Right. All right. And, and then they went on. Uh, he was talking about how you know John went on holiday with 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 him. And there were rumors that they, they got together and all yeah. that stuff. And Paul said, listen, you know how many times we crashed in the same room as a band? Yeah. Not one time did I see a homosexual yeah. tendency from John. And then he was going on with Howard about, you know, you know how John wanted to just like, like they were done. And then I, John wanted to be, you know, keep going. Okay. Okay. This is before John and Yoko. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that before that, and he goes, "Oh, then you know, John would just get in the room and, and knock the hit out in ten minutes, and yeah. we go play it." Yeah. And he goes, "Okay, now we got another album." Yeah. Like, it, like it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were just able to write a song. It's in minutes. it's like the Bee Gees. Like I yeah. think they went to France and wrote Saturday yeah. Night Fever in like a weekend. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Or something like like that. I mean. Yeah. And like even thing like Phil Collins, right? The, the songs that he's written, yeah. I mean, whether it's Disney or not, Phil or, or Genesis, like, or he's a goat. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, and he's, plus, he's good enough to play. And like, so like the like Buddy Rich big band mm-hmm. still exists. Obviously, Buddy Rich has been dead for a long time. Yeah. So the drummer is is just a rotating seat of great drummers. Yeah. And but and Phil Collins has played with the Buddy Rich band, and like you watch these YouTube videos of him playing. These extremely fast and complicated jazz tunes, no problem. and you would never think, you know, he's out there singing, yeah. you know, Susu Studio, and and <laughs> he nobody still knows what it means. Uh, who who knows? <laughs> who knows? 
But the guy's like a hit machine, yeah. you know. It's just so so interesting. The yeah. the best thing about Phil Collins is he played Live Aid, yeah, in London, got on the Concord and flew to New York and still played live. Wow, like, that's an accomplishment. I, yeah, yeah. Because he was so big, they wanted him to do both, to play in both audiences. Yeah. I mean, you're a big deal. Yeah. If they were like, yeah, get on the Concord and make it. Yeah. That's fly inc- back in time. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. From the future. So, yeah. Right Phil there, Collins. Man. Yeah. You thought you were yeah. seeing him play again. Yeah. Like, this, they, they put it on loop. Yeah. No, he was in New York. That's unbelievable. That's, un- that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. He's a freak. Yeah. So, apparently, speaking of, like, American bands and artists... There's this new movie coming out about Elvis. Yes. With yeah. Tom Hanks's Colonel Tom. Austin Curtis is his name. Yeah. And uh, apparently he got like a 10-minute standing ovation yeah. at like Cannes. Well, guess what? You know why? Why? Priscilla was sitting next to him. What do you think they're going to do, boo? So I was thinking about this. And listen, it's kind of weird to see these guys in like tuxedos like hugging themselves over a good movie. Like it's it's like back like in oh. I don't know. If, I don't know. It was like I guess it was during the recession, like oh, like oh, like oh eight or something. Um, what's his name? Billy Crystal was like hosting the the Oscars. Yeah. I don't know if it was oh eight. I don't remember, but he just had this thing. The economy like wasn't doing great. People were struggling. You know, Billy Crystal comes out and says, "Wow, a night of watching millionaires give each other golden statues." It's kind <laughs> of this like. Yeah. There's like they're patting themselves on the back for being like movie stars and like making a great film. And I guess that is an accomplishment. But this movie gets, you know, a 10 minute standing ovation. And you're right. Yeah. You got the guy who, who, Austin, what? The guy, Elvis, I think. yeah, the guy who plays Elvis. Yeah. Then Tom Hanks. He does kind of look like Elvis. And then, and then the, 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 the goat herself, like the one that, Elvis chose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is right there. Priscilla still looks like she's 35. Yeah, exactly. How can it be? Yeah. Yeah. Now now we know. Yeah. Yeah. We've always had this This thing about her. This thing about why her. Elvis could have any woman in the world. In the world. In the world. Royalty, it doesn't matter. Queen Elizabeth, any woman. Whoever he wanted. Yeah. He chose Priscilla, a 14 year girl. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why Priscilla? Why Priscilla? What makes her so special? We yeah. always wonder. He's like, I'm going to grow old with you, and you're still going to look like you're 35. Exactly, yeah. 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 Lisa Marie looks like Priscilla's mom. Yes. Yeah. And you know, her son looks just like Elvis. I know. I mean, if they wanted to have someone who looks just like Elvis, it's they could have cast him. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like really crazy. Is that going in theaters, or is that streaming? I have no idea. I'll watch it because yeah. I'm an Elvis fan. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we were talking about does he look like Elvis? Does he not look like Elvis? He does a little bit, but he's also a singer. Young, young, young. He's Elvis. young, yeah. a young Elvis. Yeah. But he's also a singer. So I think it was this combination of we don't really need a look-alike per se. That's he looks like enough him. like him yeah. and he can actually sing. So even though they use Elvis's real voice, yeah, okay. they also incorporate Oh, they use Elvis's voice. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm, it's not him singing. Well, they they do a little like a little bit of both. Okay. Like Rami Malek yeah. in in the Freddy. in in Freddie, they used a little bit. Not that he can sing like Freddie Mercury, but well, nobody could. Yeah, exactly. But they they didn't always use Freddie's voice for every single thing. It, it was right. it kind of depended on. And they also used um, they also used that guy. I forget his name who sounds just like Freddie Mercury. There's a guy. His name's Mark something. He, I think he's from Canada. It doesn't matter. He literally, it it is 
the closest you're ever going to hear to Freddie Mercury's voice. I think they also used him. Because here's the deal. When you make a movie, you know, and you show them, like, recording in the studio. So is it like a bioepic? Like yeah, it's, it's literally Elvis's, I think, whole whole, whole career. Okay. I think it's his whole career. That's I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're going to put him in a fat suit for the fat Elvis era, but yeah. I'm there. I mean, it, it's all the all Listen, the major parts. Elvis could come out seven hundred pounds. Yeah, people. people yeah, people still scream. Panties would have still been thrown yeah, on the stage. Yeah, he yeah, Elvis. he was Elvis. Yeah, yeah. he's the one he wanted. And I think it's going to be like, I don't want to. You know how? You know what? You know what I didn't like about that Elton John movie? It was like a musical. Yeah. I didn't see it. I didn't watch it either. Like the, the Queen one was good. Yeah, but like what I didn't like about the um the Elton John one, it was a musical in a way that they used his music like a musical uses music. So mm. when you're writing a musical, uh like Mel Brooks, you know, the Love Mel Brooks. the the uh, the producers, yeah. one of the greatest Broadway shows ever. Yeah. yeah. And he said when you when you when you're writing a musical, you have to take your best scene and make it music. So you might have written a great a great scene, great dialogue, and you realize that's a number. And so what the Elton John movie did is like him as a young kid and his dad and mom would all of a sudden start singing an Elton John song that oh, hasn't even been like hasn't even been like written yet. So it was like a musical. Yeah, I didn't like yeah, that. Yeah, it wasn't it w- it was a biopic, but it the was timeline a, didn't work. No, it was a very they bizarre. Out, like, yeah, they, they literally in the kitchen or something. Literally. Yeah. No. I'm like, why couldn't they have just done? But it, it makes me think. What did we talk about the other day? Why did they redo Mary Poppins? Exactly. Yeah. But, but leave Mary Poppins alone. A lot of the new Disney stuff, because Disney basically owns Broadway now. They're like every Frozen movie. It's designed to be like the Frozen music was written by Broadway composers. There's a reason for that because they want to put it on Broadway. They want to make money forever. So when I saw, yeah, yeah, when I saw that Elton John movie, to me it looked like it's going to be on the West End, you know, or and like Broadway event. Like yeah, they they they, they, they want to make yeah. an Elton John musical. So let's put out the movie and basically, yeah, yeah, and yeah. see if we can get it on Broadway. See it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But but the the um Queen movie was much more of a straightforward yeah. biopic. Well, a little bit of a little false. I that about like how they were like estranged. They weren't. The, I don't know. Why do they have to do that though? Because it's not true. It's, yeah. It's not true. It's, it wasn't they, it, it's not history. They they created strife for drama. Yeah, but like I know movies have to have a beginning, middle, and end, a first act, second act, third act. I know there's this whole like story arc thing but but that's not that's just not true i thought when that movie was going to come out it would end with like the um the tribute concert the yeah concert for freddie yeah and that would be like the end and the, yeah because you know elton came out and uh, yeah you know uh guns and roses yeah 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 it was like this whole thing and and uh you know uh ozzy's drummer or guitarist Plays lefty handed. I don't know. I'm thinking of Randy, but no, not Randy. Randy. No, no, the other one, the one that Chuck's fingers tips off. Mm, I'm driving by. Yeah, yeah. You know, he come out. You know, I thought, okay, they're gonna have some. That would be the the proper. Yeah, yeah. It's like a crescendo ending. Sure, yeah. You know, and then after that, uh, you know, the their bassist never, but he he's never been like seen since. Oh, Queen. Yeah. Oh, he 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 did. He went. He he did not take Freddie's death well, no. and he just 
John Deacon, I think is his name. Yeah. Yeah. He just went just he did that the tribute and then he did like a small venue like a couple months after and that's the last live thing he's ever done. Yeah. Apparently. People see him around like uh London sometimes like just yeah. doing his thing but he he's Yeah, he's he's not he's he there's no John Deacon band or there's yeah, no playing on other people's just Isn't that something? He's done. I mean, if you think about it, they captured lightning in a bottle with yeah. Freddie Mercury and Queen yeah. and Nothing you're ever gonna do. Yeah, nothing you're ever gonna do is going to top Queen. Uh, He doesn't have to work. You know, like he gets residuals. Queen is still a very well liked and popular band. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he can he can just kind of chill out. You know, and uh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love music. I I mean, it's just yeah. We can talk about bands all day. Oh yeah. You ever seen the movie Almost Famous? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. back yeah. not That's since one of my favorite movies. Not since it, it, not since it came yeah. out back in the day. Pro was a rock journalist, right? yeah. and then he became a movie director. But that's a great movie. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch yeah. that. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch that for sure. But Maybe we'll do um, another show where we talk about like live acts or um, bands that have passed or, or no yeah. longer together. Well, like Queen would be. Yeah, like, I if mean, I wanted to see a live act. Like, yeah, if, if you Queen. if you could go back, yeah, oh, I would want to see Freddie Mercury yeah. live. Like, I, that would be I, my I want to hear his voice, yeah. his real voice. I mean, obviously, you can watch the live aid, and it's not, but uh, but yeah. in person, I would love yeah. to hear in his command of an audience. I don't think anyone's ever had that kind of a command. He can yeah. just whatever he he said went like whatever he did with the audience, just un, unbelievable. Just a really unbelievable talent. And uh, he, his, you know, studying this stuff in school, his his anatomy was just freakish. Yeah. He had freakish anatomy. Yeah, his teeth, right? So yeah. His teeth, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he never got it fixed because it would most likely change his his ability to yeah. us to, to sing the way that he sang. Yeah. And uh, that just, that doesn't come around often. Yeah. But you got to look up this guy. I think his first name is Mark. Mark Martell, I think, or something like that. Mark Martell sounds like a wrestler. Yeah, I know, right? He is, like, really, he should be the front man for Queen, not Brian Lampert or whatever his name yeah. is. However, I understand why they chose him because... I don't know if he won American Idol, but he was part of American Idol, and he yeah. kind of is oh, Adam, or Adam Lampert. He, yeah. you know, kind of a flashy guy. I no, I mean he he can hit all the notes, yeah. but he doesn't sound like Freddie Mercury. This guy, literally, I don't. It's incredible how much he sounds. It's like just like Freddie Mercury. You know the guy that took over for Steve Perry. Yeah, for Journey. I was just going to mention that. You know, they saw him playing YouTube videos singing. Like Journey, and they're like, "This, this is our new guy." It sounds just like, like that, that, like hair. that, like yeah. that, like Filipino guy. No no, 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 no. There was a guy. Oh, that's who I'm before him. Oh no. Yes, and that's who I saw when I saw Journey. Yeah, he was incredible. He sounds just like Steve Perry. Well, which is well, it's kind of hard to do because Steve Perry is one of the greatest. Yeah. Vocalists ever. Yeah. His but voice was 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 freakish. It was, amazing. It was freakish, yeah. Yeah, but the, and then they now they have this Filipino guy yeah. who's really great too. Yeah, I see a guy on TikTok or on like social media who looks like Steve Perry and sings just like him. It's probably a deep fake. Yeah, no, no, no. It, this is the because I've looked up his like band. Okay. He just has that like same look. That's crazy how some people look like a celebrity, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And they sound like him, and 
Yeah. 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 It's really something. Well, guys, what do you think? I think I, I yeah. think those were. That was good. Chris, thank you for. Yeah. Thanks for. You know, I happen to notice on the Lexus you have you're advertising now. Like this is well, listen. Oh yeah, did you see that? I did. Yeah, I pulled so, it. Out. I'm like, damn. Okay. So we gotta get some coffee. Yeah. Now. So yeah. Jason was, you know, I was like, he's like, where are our business cards? And listen, I well, moved. They're gonna be the Lizard King, right? Yeah. Cards, yeah. Well, I have business cards <laughs> for the show, and he goes, "Do you have any?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know where they are." And he goes, well, go to this place called Fast Signs, which Jason uh, uses. Buddy of mine owns that franchise. Yeah, okay. and it's just down the street. Yeah. And um, I was in there, and I was like, you know, I'm going to get some business cards. And uh, I thought you were going to put it on the glass. Okay, so uh, you can't because of the wiper. But this worked out better. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I saw when I pulled in here. Yeah. And, you know, I asked him. I don't know if Jason, Jason, hey, why don't you get the website on your car? It came up somehow. And I was like, well, I want to put the website on my car somewhere. And I'm like, what are my options? And he's like, well, we can fully wrap your vehicle. I'm like, okay, I'm, let's pump the brakes here. <laughs> Let, How much is that? $8,000? Yeah, what, <laughs> let's go a little lower. Yeah. Can you just we put need a sponsor? Yeah, can right? you just put it you know, here? And actually, I was going to put it under the license plate. But then when the guy came out, like the installer, you know, he had just some masking tape and we like moved it around. And really that's where it kind of fits. It fits. Yeah. It looks good. It looks, it really yeah. Does. It catches your eye. Like, yeah. I agree. And it doesn't interfere with the sensors or anything. Yeah. Now, he, I asked him about car washes and he goes, well, you know, if, you, a, if you ask 3M who makes the thing, they're going to say no car, no like you know, yeah. you can so wash your car. No, running through the wash for it. Yeah, no, like automatic car washes. Yeah. You know, but he goes, they have a fully wrapped vehicle in like the in like the like Jurassic Park thing. Okay. He goes, I take that through the wash. I'm like, okay, so you know, but yeah. Can you imagine driving around in that? Yeah, yeah. They have. I don't. Have you ever been where where the where the Jimmy Johns and, and Panera is? Yeah, where Dive Bar is. Yeah, yeah Dive got, Bar. Where they got the cockroaches? Yeah. Yeah, it's called cockroaches. What? You know that? Yeah, the Dive Bar and the Thai restaurant. Uh, oh. For having cockroaches. Oh, that's oh, not ideal. Man. No, so be careful. This oh. was like a month ago. Oh. Really? Yeah, they got the cockroaches. I was yeah. thinking about getting I'm, some. I'm serious about that too. I'm not getting any Thai food. I'll tell you that yeah. one. I'll have the cockroach pad tie. <laughs> number <laughs> number two spicy. This is a whole nother yeah. Do you want to go over like health inspection reports? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if that car is I don't know who drives that car, but if you go there during the day, it's like actually if you, mine. I park it there. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> So it's a. I don't even know what, what the Jeep. I don't even know what kind of car it is. I can't tell. No, I can't. No, no, you can't tell because it's wrapped like those. I don't know what it is. Those like Jurassic Park vehicles from the movie. So it looks like it's from the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's it says Jurassic Park on it. It's fully wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. I see it driving sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like around. I feel like um, now I have. The yeah. Like yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it must be someone's car. I mean, maybe it's that installer's car. Maybe, he's, maybe it's Chris. Maybe it's Chris's. Oh, yeah. No, the guy who owns it. His name's Chris also. Oh. Maybe he drives it around. We now have. He thinks he's. Uh, so. Who's the, who's the guy from Pittsburgh that's in the, 
the Jurassic Park. Jeff Goldblum. Blue. Yeah. Yeah. It's his personal vehicle. Oh my God. You know, it's so funny. We're in the car. He's talking about Chris wants to do a show. Is it, but we we have a new friend, Chris, okay. who just moved here from Scranton, who was on last week's show. Okay. So he's talking about, I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he goes, oh, no, no, the bands, Chris from Lexus. I'm like, dude, you got to, I'm thinking, I'm like, why does this other guy want, you know what I mean? He was just on the show. He goes, he hasn't been on the show in a while. I'm like, Jay, five days ago he was on the show. I was so confused. Because you know? I see Chris every day. I know, yeah. You know, so yeah, like, uh, it's, it's it's very confusing. But yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah, guys, this was really fantastic. Yeah, Chris, thank you so me. much. And we'll see you next time on the Michael Papinchak Show.